story. Okay, welcome to Pilot Boys, the podcast where we review the first episode of the TV shows, otherwise known as a pilot. My name is Karen. My name is Caesar. And together we are... Cloak and Dagger. Cloak, cloak and Dagger. <laughs> Today we are doing Cloak and Dagger, <laughs> the new Marvel show about interracial love. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I want to have you on this? I don't know, because I watched it. I, watched I think, it yeah, I episodes. think it's because you watched it, but I think I also think it's because... We've seen like all the other terrible. We watched Runaways together. Mm. The other Marvel yeah, show that was on Hulu, which was terrible. It was great. <sighs> I it really was better did. than this. You think so? No. All right. Well, what, what's your first impression? What did you think of the first episode of this? I liked it enough that I watched three episodes. You didn't finish it. No, it's only ten episodes. Okay. So that's as far as I went with that show. That's all you have for your first impression? <laughs> I think the quality is really good. Like Quality of what? Production quality. You think so? I mean, for a teen show, I just don't think that it knows its voice. I think it's trying to be a lot of things at the same time. Mm. Mm. Say more than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have to agree reluctantly because I don't like to agree with Caesar, but I think this show is struggling with trying to be kind of gritty like it's trying to emulate the other gritty shows like daredevil or punisher specifically uh superhero shows but it's also trying to do the cw thing where it like includes this really cheesy pop music or like this really cheesy indie folk band it just has like a crisis of tone where it doesn't really know what it wants to do i also feel like just off of first impressions it feels like this the story matter and we'll get into this later in my conspiracy theory about the show but it just feels like it's supposed to be like a story about unification of race in this weird way where i don't it didn't really hit for me but that's a conspiracy theory and we'll get into it later so cloak and dagger was created by joe pokatsky okay so let's get into a quick recap we follow the story of two characters tyrone johnson and tandy bowen so tyrone's story is he is a kid who is trying to fit in with his brothers who are kind of on the block on the streets they're not up to no good but they're not not up to no good he only has one brother he only has one brother yes he's he (laughs) he goes to meet up his brother who's on the streets and they kind of make fun of him for not stealing a car or some shit right or not stealing something from a car so tyrone who's a who's a kid at this point he decides to steal it for him and then his brother tells him that he shouldn't have done that they're gonna go return it his brother tries to convince him to to take it back and then that's when the cop shows up and thinks that they stole something so they 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 go running to the docks. Yeah, they run to the docks. Because they live close to a river or uh-huh. a lake. And then at, it's raining really hard, too. So then the cop thinks that the brother's going to take something out or something. Or he just shoots him. Yeah. And he the brother falls into the lake. And yeah. then 
Tyrone jumps in, jumps in trying to save him. At the same time, that's when Tandy is locked in the car with her dad, and they also fall into the into the lake. So Tandy, we start off with Tandy. She's just this regular, pretty little like blonde girl who's in ballet classes, and her dad is late to pick she's her up. She's white. Her, her dad is late to pick her up. And we're supposed to know she's very precocious and like smart for her age. Precocious. By the t- by the way she talks. She's like, can I can I talk to, you know, Nathan Bowen's office, please? May I speak to my father, please? <laughs> yeah, she's supposed to be like, we're supposed to take it that she's like very smart. And then her dad is, her dad finally picks her up. It's like pouring out. And her dad is part, a scientist for the Roxxon Corporation mm-hmm. in the show. And they are building like an oil rig in the middle of the lake. But he's fighting with them, like, while he's driving during this really huge thunderstorm. And uh, he's trying to explain to them that the oil rig is, like, messed up and they're not doing everything correctly. When suddenly he... He's not paying attention to the road. He's not paying attention to the road and he, like, falls off and and they end up in the bottom of the lake. Intermix between this is we see them as their teenagers or youths. And they their stories get intertwined very loosely where she's kind of a thief and he's kind of just this kid who doesn't want these powers, which to him it's like this teleporting thing. And for her, it's like these light daggers. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the big thing for her is that she almost gets raped. Mm-hmm. Well, the day, the day of the crash, that day that... Tyrone's brother died and the day that her dad died yeah. was also the day. It happened on the same day. It happened on the same day and they fell into the lake with the with the oil rig. Yeah. And that's how they got their powers. Yeah, that's supposed to be that's their supposed to be like freak story. accidents. Yeah. So I guess one of the first things, obviously, that's I think even the marketing team picked up on is that it's supposed to be like an interracial relationship. It's like ebony and ivory kind of shit. It's, I think you're supposed to see it as, like, they both suffered in their own ways, and they came together in their different ways, but, like, you compare her suffering to, like, his suffering, which she suffered the loss of a parent, and he suffered the loss of a brother, but the way that they lost, their losses happened were, like, drastically different. Like, her brother was at the hands of like a corrupt cop and the dad was just like someone who crashed into an ocean or a body of water well but also like through that death they blamed the entire the entire oil rig blowing up on her dad exactly so that wasn't necessarily his fault and like they defamed his name yeah but it, I, I don't know, it feels like, I, maybe it's just me, but it felt like the show was trying to tell me that, like, and this goes back to the conspiracy thing that I'll keep, I'll keep going back and forth with. It's trying to say, like, look how different these people are, but look how similar they are and, like, how much they've suffered. And, like, everyone mm-hmm. kind of goes through it. It's not just, like, one or the other. Everyone kind of deals with their own issues and problems. Yeah, it has nothing to do with race. Exactly. But 
now now I want to talk about which is the bigger theme obviously is police brutality mm-hmm. is that when Tyrone and his brother run away from the cop after they they want to return the, the stereo or the radio that Tyrone took they get cornered at the docks by the cops and the cop shoots his brother in the chest a few times and he dies so what does this mean to you in the midst of like black lives matter stories about police brutality all these sorts of things that have been going on these last five years how does this fit there how does it feel do you think it was a good representation did it feel cheap what do you think yeah so i think i've been seeing this theme and you've probably seen the theme too of police brutality and these like like teeny bopper shows mm-hmm. the, the shows that come to mind at least are cloak and dagger but also black, black lightning. lightning and recently uh charmed came out too mm-hmm. that one doesn't deal with police brutality but it deals with like the me too movement yeah. and i think they're all like connected because they're trying like the networks are trying to be like you know we're woke yeah like we we know what's like we know what's going going on yeah. and like these things are happening. So let me show you that I know these things now, mm-hmm. but it always feels like really cheap because they're not really saying anything. Mm. They're not saying like, this is, they're not giving a message. Or just... It's like hashtag woke hashtag like black lives matter politics. Yeah. It's hashtag politics. It's like very shallow, very like surface level look at these buzzwords that we came up with and put it in a script kind of thing yeah so how does this where does this fall in 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 that category for you is it a good rep or are there good representations in this climate and how do they compare to like what's going on now and are these i think the, the better question is do we need to have both representations like the good and the bad ones what do you mean by that the good and the bad like in the midst of something like a moonlight where does this fit and is it also necessary for this to exist i guess mm-hmm. moonlight's a bad one but yeah uh, but I, let's I say think this is, i think it is necessary i think what's a, what's another what's a police brutality show that has come out that's actually been good mm. has there ever been anything that's good i mean i guess there's several docs i think it inherently feels cheap when it's like on a teen CWS or ABC or freeform show because it's supposed to like make the political hot mm. like it's supposed to be appeal to the teenage audience but at the same time shows like blackish do it really well like they they had that episode where they talk about the the, the pain that that police brutality shooting caused the entire family yeah and the way that like a political awareness starts to arise with, with someone that's super young. But Blackish isn't for necessarily for teenagers. It's a family show. Yeah. It's a different audience that they're trying to target. Yeah. Because if you compare it to something like it's it's spinoff, Grownish, they did an episode where they talk about like I'm like woke and like she was flicking it up for the gram and like she had the sweater and everything. But like that felt in some ways, like a satire, and maybe we're we're giving right. too much credit, but it was more tongue in cheek. Yeah, it was just like because they they obviously know. I mean, it's Kenya Barris is still involved in that show, 
Even though he just split recently. Yeah. I think the problem with these shows is that they take it a little too seriously. Okay. No? I think... Because with Blackish, yes. you were fine with it. Or Grownish, you were fine with it. Because, I mean, it wasn't the best, but they were more satirical about it. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like, look how serious we are. Because but, this happens every day in America. Yes, but it also felt kind of like Deadpool. Where, like... It felt like they knew that they were being tongue in cheek, and they wanted you to know that they were being tongue in cheek. Like it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a fourth wall break, that was unintentional. It felt like a very purposeful, like because the show Grownish is not very good. Like it's, it's another not, free form. It is, show. which is why I wanted to bring it up. But I think a good representation, and maybe, I mean, some people are very polarized about it. And I think it also fits into the whole like hashtag politics, but black the black lives not the black lives matter, but the episode of Dear White People where they pull out a gun on on one of the characters at a party because the white kid says the n word and the cops come and they threaten one of the black kids Reggie Reggie that felt like a good representation of like yeah and that was something that was a lot more I mean it was kind of overt in the setting like it it, it was like obviously staged but it felt like it had a bigger message without showing actual destruction of a black body and also i think with that like the show like dear white people there's a discussion like there's dialogue going on in the show like where the characters do talk about it and they might not have like a like an overall message but it's like a platform for people to have these discussions and you know you saying that it made me just think of like them putting this into the show that there's like police brutality if it didn't feel like it was a central part of it but it felt like it was just thrown in there but when you do that it just cheapens it it yeah. just feels like it's not an important plot point it's just like you're doing it for clout you're yeah. doing it for people to see that you you're aware of these social issues yeah like insert traumatic origin story like yeah. of course of course his brother gets shot by a corrupt cop yeah and of um, course his brother is like hanging out on the streets yeah but uh, that's what i think black lightning i think is a far more interesting show <laughs> at least in that in in this specific theme of police brutality yeah. because with black lightning you have somebody he's older for one Mm-hmm. So he's an older superhero. He's like, he's had like he's developed. He's lived his life and he's like been through it, and he has his ideals, and it's like a constant warring state between like activism. He has like an activist daughter, and he is very much on respectability. Mm. He's a principal at a school, and all of his like students. It's like the conservative, are... like the black conservatism. Yeah, and like... so I think that that idea was really powerful. And interesting, and that's what made the show so interesting. Mm. You know, for all of Luke Cage's faults, the first season did a good job at creating this, like, I mean, it's it's been kind of like a, a thing, like a big theme of this year, but Black Panther was such a big deal because there are no real black superheroes. And when Luke Cage, they directly confronted, they directly situated themselves in this era where police brutality was such a big thing that they were like he's a black man who is bulletproof essentially to police brutality like he's showing his face 
and he's like kicking everyone's ass. But I mean, I think that that sort of myth is interesting to think about in the wake of police brutality because one of the, the biggest optics we see in terms of like the destruction of black bodies is a bullet to a black body. But he avoids it because he's bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Which I think that takes a completely new message. But this, I mean, it, it's supposed to inform like that he has for for Tyrone. It's supposed to inform that he has like a troubled past. But it doesn't really aid anything else so far. At least it's just in the pilot. Yeah. I mean, we're jumping a lot ahead and like we don't know what, what happens in, in the rest of the series. But it just felt cheap to me. It felt like it had not much to say and it just wanted like the points yeah i think it wanted brownie points because they could have easily had his brother die in some other tragic accident or they could even flipped it around and like given him the father dying in a car crash and then her father or brother dying yeah you know they could have easily flipped it around and i think what's what's also interesting is that I was essentially asking, like, is it good that we have both good and bad representations of stuff like this? It's because, like, I think it's interesting that we're in an era where we get two representations. Like, when the first, let's say it was, like, let's say this was the first thing to come out right after the Black Lives Matter had its height. This would have probably been a bigger deal because there was nothing like it. But I think we're already living in an age where we've had good representation of it. Like well thought out and things that knew that the stakes were on like the everything rides on how this optic goes out into the public but this one just feels like people have already digested what black lives matter or the movement behind belief police brutality or colin kaepernick and all those people all those movements they've already digested that in the public space but this one didn't have any of that weight mm-hmm. it just threw it in there yeah. and if anything it just makes it even worse because now you're just killing off a black kid without any real repercussions. I mean, at least in the first episode, obviously it's setting up for the rest of this, this season. But yeah, that's what it, that's what I felt about it. One of the things I noticed, and I already mentioned it, is that this one feels a lot cheesier and that it goes back to like that indie rock feel back when like Smallville used to like feature all these indie artists mm. at like the prom or... At the or even Buffy, school or yeah, Buffy. Exactly. Buffy did that. I mean, there, there's there's something in in that where like superhero shows are like these cheesy. It's essentially like a superhero melodrama. It's mm-hmm. a it's a superhero novella mm-hmm. essentially, and it doesn't it doesn't have the same weight of like that new era of of superhero shows that were coming out. I feel like Smallville set the stage for the 2000s and then things like Arrow and Daredevil, they tried to like revamp it and be kind of grittier and darker. But then I guess now we're back full circle and like this confused thing where they're trying to be gritty and kind of yeah like sh- cheesy and like angsty. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you feel about that? I think it's also it's like going back to the audience, because in Smallville or the target audience, Smallville the target was teenagers. Mm-hmm. It was a, for it was for young kids. Yeah. I don't think Arrow, Black Lightning, 
maybe Supergirl is for teenagers, but I don't necessarily see them as teen. Like, all of those actors are old. Nah, but it's definitely for teenagers. But. You go to Comic-Con and they love that shit. But, like, I don't think that that's, like, necessarily the direct audience for it. Teenagers are watching it. For Arrow or for, which one are you talking about specifically? For for Arrow, yeah, Arrow and Black, mm-hmm. like, oh, the CW shows, okay. the CW superhero shows. I, I think, think Flash is, are, for sure. Yeah, Flash is probably, like, a more lighthearted one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, at least, specifically, is for teenagers. These are for the the Vampire Diaries, for the Shadowhunters. Like, this is their, this is their Shadowhunters. This is for teenagers. This is for kids. So you're saying this one falls under that? Yeah. See, but, again, I don't know. But, like, the... The cool kids. Yeah, because, like, we talked about it earlier, well, off, off, off the year, but um, Freeform is supposed to be their cable show where mm-hmm. they're allowed to say shit. So it's supposed to be, like, their FX, like, Fox's FX. Mm-hmm. So they aren't supposed to be watching it, but I guess maybe this is a, <laughs> this is a, new, this is a new element that we're not considering is that back when Smallville and, like, Arrow and all these things were, I mean, well, I guess let's just say Smallville. That was intended for kind of like the teenagers, I would say. But now that everybody has Netflix, everybody can watch everything. So there's not that like intended audience thing anymore. It's just mm-hmm. all about who watches. Because I don't think the marketing is as there. I mean, obviously there's marketing for like kids shows where like Netflix markets directly to kids with like their streaming service that's t- targeted specifically for kids, tailored for kids. But I think this will just fall into like another Hulu category mm-hmm. and kids will just watch it. Like my sister watches all sorts of shows that I would never have thought that they were geared towards her, but she just watches it anyway. Like I'm pretty sure Grey's Anatomy, like the the producers or the marketing team did not expect it to be such a huge smash in our current time for high schoolers and teenagers. Cause my sister has rewatched it like four times. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's something else. That's well, I mean, that's a new we're where there's like a, a gray street. area for yeah. target audience because yeah. everybody can just watch whatever they want to watch. But I do think that this show is really close to Runaways in tone because it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of like it has those like. I'm those actually moments. gonna say it's more like Shadowhunters. I've never seen that. Shadowhunters is I is it a freeform show? I don't think it's a freeform show. Um, but it's also about like, well, it's based on a young adult novel mm. series. What's it about? Uh, about like these, they're, they're demon hunters. Okay. And so not like, like not like, not like supernatural. Oh, okay. No, but like they're, it's all like supernatural stuff. And like, they're like half angels or something. I don't really know. It's really convoluted, but it has like, it takes itself a little too seriously. Hmm. And there's very pretty people, very pretty teenagers, mm-hmm. and they have these superpowers because they're demon hunters, and that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like to me. What the, the Shadow Hunters reminds me of Cloak and Dagger mm. in terms of a theme okay. or not theme of tone, where yeah. it's like we're hip, we're we're gritty, but like we're also, also kind of t- cheesy. Yeah, like we also kind of have those moments where like we are kind of dating and. It kind of feels like a hodgepodge or like a Frankenstein monster of superhero shows to me. Yeah. Like it feels like it has the cheesiness of Smallville, the grittiness of 
one of those shows that you're talking about, which is essentially supernatural in like subject matter. Because Supernatural is pretty dark, too. It's supposed okay. to be, like, dark and gritty. But it also has that cheesiness. Well, Supernatural is its own thing. I think we need yes. to. Yes, okay, sure. Supernatural is its own But it piece. has, like, the cheesiness and the grittiness. And it just feels like it was just kind of stitched together. And it's supposed to... It, they also probably just saw that there was, like, this huge wave of, like, racial politics. racial <laughs> Racially aware superheroes and like these superheroes with like racial awareness kind of thing i mean you think that this do you think that this had anything to do with like they put this out in the era of like or post black panther or how does this feel post black panther mm-hmm. how does this feel post black panther to you do you think it cheapens it do you think it broadens it i don't know i think putting it in the same sentence or the same question is kind of a disservice to Black Panther. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, first of all, this is probably a hot take, but I don't think Black Panther is the first black superhero. I think he's the biggest and probably the most important. But there is a history of, like, black superheroes. Mm-hmm. Or not black super, or maybe black people in superhero realms like blade obviously is a big one mm-hmm. black lightning luke cage. luke cage those are already things that have already been established it feels like they're just kind of trying to follow or cash in on that because marvel so far except for luke cage hasn't really dealt with that hasn't really dealt with like how blackness is treated kind of casually because it's only taking up in terms of like narrative real estate it's only half of the story because the other the other part is supposed to be we have not talked about tanny at all tanny mm-hmm. she's yeah like i was not gonna interesting. say i'm like we've kind of gone off the rails on she's just like not interesting she's supposed to be like this like cat burglar thing or like this <laughs> woman who like just steals from people yeah like that's that gives, that gives con, way she's a con artist yeah she's a con artist she's like a pretty con artist I don't know. This this show just feels like it does not improve or it does not add to the post Black Panther era. Mm-hmm. If anything, it just kind of cheapens it a little. Yeah, bit. I see that. But it's also we're a little late. This show's been out for a few months. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably been in development. But also, I guess what they were trying to do too is like. They were saying that this can happen to anybody, you yeah. know? Because mm-hmm. he's not poor. He, like, grew up middle class. Yeah. And his brother still, like, they have that conversation. He has that conversation with his mom. Just like, I'm scared that if I, if I don't do everything perfectly, like, something bad's going to happen. Mm, and her mom says, and his mom says, well, that's a problem. Your brother did everything perfectly, and he still ended up dead. Yeah. So... I think I can give credit to them and with that point of view. For trying to broaden it broaden Yeah. Broadening the scope to like middle class. Yeah, that okay. racism doesn't affect just poor people. It affects yeah. like middle class people too. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think socioeconomic class is also a factor in the show because Tandy is poor. Yeah. But she can get away with all these things because she's like a white pretty girl. Yeah. But don't you think that they also 
Okay. Do you think that they're trying to marry the the racial issues that are happening in America with the Me Too issues that are happening in America? Because we also see her get sexually assaulted mm. in the show, but she survives it through stab through her powers essentially. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they're trying to combine those two together? Because I mean, who's at the center of the Me Too movement? It's white women for mm. the most part, and who's at the center of being like black bodies being destroyed? It's black men for the most part. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're? I mean, I don't think that this was intentional. No, honestly. actually, no. I do think that it was intentional to a certain extent because later on, at least in like the three episodes or the mm-hmm. three or four episodes that I watched, they do have this conversation. They have this conversation of, like, she's like, you know, you didn't have to grow up like me. Like, I've had to, like, scrounge to survive. Like, I've had to do so many things to survive. And he goes, like, Tyrone says, like, yeah, you can get away with that, but I can't get away with anything because yeah. how of because I'm black. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me. Like, I've had to deal with things, too. Don't think that my life has been perfect. Mm-hmm. So I think it was intentional. Yeah. See, well, that, that, that's where it feels... This is where my conspiracy theory thing goes in, is we're like, the show is trying to tell us, implicitly, maybe, that we're united through suffering. Like, poor white people suffer, and so do black people, rich or poor. They all suffer in their own ways, and I think that's what the show is trying to do. It's trying to bring us together in this, like, <laughs> ebony and ivory kind of way, where, like, we are unified even though we're separate. If we think about, like, systemic issues, and this is going to be too, probably, like, too theoretical and too, like, out there, but if we if we call it the so-called they or the master, they don't want a unification between people of color who suffer and poor white people, because those are the most underrepresented people in the U.S. And if they're unified, then that's trouble for the people in charge. Mm. I mean, I don't think the show... Was like, yeah, we need these. We need these two people to come together, but that's why it feels a little cheap to me because it feels like white women are suffering in the Me Too movement, black men are dying by police brutality. Let's bring them together because we're both suffering. I'm just like, eh. Both of them are terrible, yes, but to try to level that playing field or to try to like equate their experiences, it feels like the wrong way to go about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's my conspiracy theory. Well, how was it in the comics? How I have, I haven't read the comics here. They're so silent. They're not it's just literally like they just like kind of love each other and that was it. I don't I don't know if this is this is just me thinking about it, but I think the cloak and dagger characters could have just been a response to like the loving the love case and uh like the interracial Oh, case. like the original comics? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think they came out. I think they came out in the 80s. Mm. But, I mean, that would make sense to me if they came yeah. out. But the, but in this show, they're not even a couple. And they're not even... Like, they don't even have a romantic storyline. Yeah. At least not in the first half of the season that I watched. Yeah, so they were created in the 80s. But, I mean, there's obviously a lot of things about black and white like be beyond race like there's obviously the yin and yang and like you can't have dark without light like that Mm. kind of uh dichotomy but i think the show is very obviously channeling the dichotomy of black and white in racial terms but 
It doesn't feel... It feels like they saw an opportunity in these characters being, like, interracial lovers, which obviously they're not right now, but it's pretty obvious that they will be because that's the history of the character. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're just like, oh, like, this might be an interesting way to talk about, like, racial issues and, like... Or it might be a way to talk about how divided our current state or culture is at the moment. I don't know. I'm just reaching. <laughs> but you get what I'm, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. right? It didn't feel like it aged as well as they were hoping that it did. Mm-hmm. And that's what bothered me. Yeah. Because it felt like they were just like, oh, well. I mean, and this is also an issue that we don't see much is like interracial couples aren't on screen all the time. And that's an issue that that has a long history. I mean, at this point, it's not as much of a pressing issue as it used to be. There's but, no black and white superheroes that are together. No. But, like, again, this show, this at least is, I'm pretty sure the season didn't have them. Like, there's no romantic storyline or romantic tension between them at all. Mm. The, enti- that's the episodes that I watched, they even have their own romantic storyline separate from each other. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm reading that too much into that thing. But I am. But if that's how they are in the comics, and yeah. I don't know, I thought it was weird that they decided to separate them. Maybe they're like going for a slow burn kind of thing, romance. Like they're total opposites, but eventually they'll end up together and be soulmates. Yeah. What if they're never even together? <laughs> but I think we are reading a lot into the. Oh hell yeah! Like. We're reading way too much into this and giving the show a little bit too much credit, probably. I remember them being married in the sh- in the fucking comics, but like maybe they just completely changed it. I think Tyrone, uh-huh. the actor himself, I think he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, I like him. He was alright. I, really I did not like the girl. I think the girl pouts too much. I don't like any of them. I think he has he's more intense of an actor than the other girl. The other girl's like like cardboard. Yeah actress very stiff i do remember reading comics where they meet up with the runaways which Mm. is why i'm like why do i keep thinking about the runaways but they like they do like a crossover kind of thing Mm. because they're kind of they're not orphans but they don't have families in the comics or like they just are kind of out doing their own thing like they're just kind of runaways also maybe Um, there's a possible crossover no the shows are too different in tone i don't think so I don't think they're that different. I think, I think Runaways is cheesier. And that's what they were going for. They're supposed to be a little campy. Yeah, I guess so. They also bring up drug abuse. Tandy's, Tandy and her mom are both addic- addicts of addicts? some sort. They're both addicts? <laughs> they're addicts. Well, on Wikipedia, there's war on drugs and other heroes. I think, yeah, I think that's right. I think they were both addicts in the comics as well. But I don't remember. Well, I think that's something that deserves to be talked about because just like how we talked about like police brutality on yeah. the black perspective, like there is a lot of white drug addiction. That's true. There in the United lot. States, and that isn't talked about at all. Yeah, which I just wrote review of a beautiful boy. Shameless plug. Or beautiful boy, the movie, the movie with Steve Carell and uh, Timothy Chalamet. About drug addiction, and it was a really good movie. It was a nice portrayal of 
drug addiction at a time where it's pretty rampant. Mm-hmm. Some of the the best stories about any like comic books are the ones that deal with like actual issues. Like one of the most iconic issues of Iron Man's when he talks about his alcohol addiction. One of the most iconic issues in Green Lantern is when he talks about like his friend who got killed for being gay. Like this these are like real issues that mm. are talked about. And those are when comics are most interesting when you apply like these real world issues and how they reflect in our superheroes or in our larger than life stories because they they offer a reprieve or they offer like an interpretation in a fantastical way. But this show didn't necessarily feel like that to me. Mm-hmm. It felt just like more Drek. <laughs> it felt like it was just adding to the weight of what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into the ratings. For those who don't know, we usually do a rating from one to five broken TVs. From one to five, what would you give this show? I'd give this 2.5. Like I said at the beginning, I don't think the show knows what it wants to say. Mm. It doesn't really have a voice. It just put things in. It's like buzz buzzwords in. It's like BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed. It's like it. It is like BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> um. And yeah. I, I don't think it really has a voice. Where and I'm. I find myself comparing it to Black Lightning, and I think Black Lightning had a political message but it explored it in very interesting ways mm. and I don't think the show can do that or has has done that from what I've seen of it so for me it feels like it's a show and I think you're right in some ways that it well this one you said that it was aimed or geared towards like millennials or not I can't remember. What did you say? No, it is geared. You think it is? Yeah. Well, I agree. I think but, it like, is. not millennials. Like, it's geared towards... I don't think, like, teenagers are millennials anymore. I think they're Generation Z. Okay. Yes. Well, I think it's... What's what's after <laughs> gen- millennials? I don't know. Whatever. We're, we're Generation Y. Millennials are... So, it's Generation X? No. We're, ge- we're millennials. Y, Z. Z. We're millennials. They're Generation Z. Yeah. So, I think this is a show more for them explaining what issues of race and issues of like sexual abuse like the me too era it's it feels like it's i don't want to say it feels like a crash course but it feels like it's supposed to be these like buzzwords and like all these very popular things that are going on in culture stuffed into a show about superpowers and it's supposed to be for that generation like the generation z but it doesn't have any of the weight that a story should have. You know, actually, I think I think I know. Well, I just realized. Okay. But I think one of the reasons why I don't like the show very much is because, and maybe why you don't like the show very much is because these characters aren't really characters. Mm. Things just happen to them. Yes. They have no agency. Yes. And so we we don't really know what they think. We just kind of know what they're supposed to say. Mm. You know. Yeah. So the conversation that Tyrone had with his mom. Like Tandy and everything that she experienced, like they're not—they're not people. We don't think of them as people because they don't feel like people. Okay. They don't have like they're just 
very two-dimensional characters. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, for that, I will give it a 2.3. Because it wasn't the worst thing I watched this year, but it was not good. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone watch it. In terms of predictions, I think the show got approved for second season already. Yeah, right? I think it's going to go on for like five seasons. Yeah, I think they already got approved for the second season. And that was a mistake. They shouldn't have gotten approved for that. <laughs> Freeform doesn't cancel their shows, really. Yeah. It's probably going to be on for like eight seasons. What do you think? Oh, what, did they show him in a cloak? Did they show him with a cloak? Yeah. Just his like bed sheet. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm gonna say it'll probably go for four seasons. It should probably be less. I think I honestly think it should be like that. I don't think it was the worst thing we've watched. No, but it was, it's it's no, it's not Iron Fist. Oh no, 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 that was terrible. It got canceled recently. Yeah, which is good, <laughs> right? Like I, I think it's des- it's deserving of a second season. Uh, I think it's worth the second season. I will never watch the show. So. That's you. I think it's not that bad. Eh. I don't think it's like a great TV show, but I think I think five seasons is okay. It'll probably be on longer. I don't think it should be five seasons. Look at Agents of Shield, like. But that would like had such a turbulent time. Like no it's one... still on though. It, it hasn't got. Canceled? It hasn't gone canceled. 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 It has not been canceled. No, it's still it's still on. Hmm. And well, even though it should have died a long time ago. Yeah, hopefully this show gets cancelled. Alright, well, this was <laughs> 22. We're doing Maniacs for 23. So, see you later. Oh, wait, no, no, I had to announce something. Michelle, the editor, which is her official name, she wanted me to ask people, the one person who's listening, to submit what you guys want us to review next. But if I don't like it, I'm probably just going to do what I want to do anyway. <laughs> you should just lie and say, you guys requested we review. Oh, you guys really wanted us to watch this, didn't you? <laughs> I'm so glad you guys wanted us to watch this because I also wanted to watch this. Anyway, yeah, so if you have any shows that you think that we should review, tweet at us or send us an email. It's pilotboys48 at gmail. What's the other thing? Oh, yeah. Rate, comment, subscribe, smash that like button, as, as the kids like to say. They say that if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, it helps people view the show. But you have to get, like, a lot. And we don't have... We have, like, five. Or two. Or one, actually. It's me. It's you. And Aaron. Yeah. But, yeah, if you guys could, if you enjoyed the show, just leave us a... A little, a little five star review. If you want to leave a one star, we, we uh, appreciate if you didn't leave that. You can, <laughs> keep, you can keep the ones to yourself. If it's a four star review, you can go to hell, and just leave the five star instead. And that's it. All right, peace. Okay. Three.